How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcast platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. Sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's still Monday, May 11th. We're going yard with those back-to-back jacks today. Eat your heart out, MJ. I'm J.E. Skeets. We got the whole crew on the horn. We got Tess. We got Trey. We got Lily, And we got the man making the magic happen, J.D. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be beach-stepping it up on Wednesday. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at nodunksinc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And in case you missed it, make sure you check out this morning's podcast recapping the last two episodes of The Last Dance. Those were some goodies on Sunday night. We broke it all down on Monday morning's podcast. But a little NBA news roundup here. Gentlemen, you ready to talk some basketball? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, the first one's a doozy. ESPN headline. Adam Silver preps NBA players for challenges ahead. Yes, the Players Association held a call with the NBA players on Friday that included an update from the league and Commissioner Silver. Now, a number of things were reportedly discussed. Shams coming through with the breakdown on a few of those things. I won't go through everything, but on that call, they talked about if the 2019-20 season resumes, no fans are expected. Um, A decision on the season could go into June, so no real rush yet. If and when the NBA is able to return, Silver told the players it is safer in one or two locations, like a Walt Disney World and Las Vegas and or Las Vegas. Silver admitted there would be a significant impact for the league financially. He referenced a Christmas Day start for the 2021 season, possibly starting on December 25th, and a three to six week ramp up period would be expected should the NBA be able to resume this season. That and more. Tass, that was a lot that I just threw at you and all the listeners out there. But what was your biggest takeaway from reading this headline and reading these articles about this call that took place on Friday? I am wagering Uh that we're going to see basketball this season. I think that's what the, the real message was from this. As crazy as that sounds, as risky as it sounds, the ramping up, I'm getting ramped up. For us to be covering basketball in likely July or August, but Adam Silver made it clear they would not be able to start the season right this second because of the circumstances going on right now. Uh, They would have to get to a point where there are enough tests for everybody in the NBA before the frontline workers. Uh, There have to be enough tests for the frontline workers before every single player and player personnel and everybody in the NBA would get them probably in these two hubs as you mentioned Las Vegas and Orlando it sure feels like we're going to have these two little epicenters of basketball but there are huge huge questions still and and it was asked uh, reportedly by somebody on the MBPA side that what if a player contracts the virus during the playoffs what the heck is going to happen and Silver responded that he hopes the NBA will be able to administer daily testing at that point, have no stoppage of play, and isolate the player in quarantine 
and there may be a potential two-day stoppage of all basketball, and they may jump back in. But, I mean, that is just really confusing to me that that would ever happen. He also mentioned the goal isn't to have you go to a market for two months to sit in a hotel room. And I bring that up because I think that's what you have to do if you're not going to have a situation where a player tests positive and you're going to have to stop. Because so LeBron James gets contracted with the coronavirus. He is going to be tested as well as all his teammates. And even if they're negative, it could be a false negative. It, it could be a test that doesn't is faulty. We just don't know. And so you're going to put the players at risk. It's just going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible look. Uh, and a terrible situation and a very risky situation for everybody who's there if you don't put these guys in a bubble and if you don't force them essentially to sit in a hotel room or just be at that the facility with all those precautions so i i I think it's still a little too it's a little too vague it's a it's i think it has to be as far as you know all these guidelines go i think it has to be a little bit more stringent um but uh, it, to me, if we're setting all these this precedent right now, I think we're going to be talking about basketball in July and August. Yeah, I would actually uh, agree with that. It definitely seems like there is a push to play as much basketball as can be played for the remainder of this season, uh, no matter how they're going to be able to figure it out. You know, the league is still pushing to be able to play full seven-game series in the playoffs, which to me is a way of saying we've got a lot of money to make back because the huge takeaway from this conference call to me was that 40% of revenue comes from NBA fans. And we're already hearing that for sure, we're not going to be getting fans in arenas for the remainder of this season. Whenever it comes back, likely at least the start of next season as well, that does quite a number for basketball related income, which then filters down to the salary cap. There are going to be, you know, years long consequences from this shutdown that we're just starting to see the beginning of. So it's not, a super surprise to me that the teams that the owners would want to play as much as they possibly can because there's a lot of money to make back when you're not making any money right now. I, I definitely get that uh, they want to get some revenue coming in again, but I, I think this is a wrong move by the NBA. If I was them, I would just call the season now because it's been two months today. The, uh, it was March 11 when the Jazz and Thunder game got postponed and that was when the season was suspended. And Adam Silver saying, you know, it's going to be a three to six week ramp up period so that's going to take us at least another month if that was to start today that ramp uh, ramp up period which we know is not that's still probably a couple of weeks away at this point you're looking at like a four maybe five month gap in between games and then the season's you know not starting it until july and then you're going to try to play under risky circumstances right now a playoff series that is really not going to be viewed as you know the sort of the it's going to be the the biggest asterisk in NBA history. I think what you should do if I was the league office, I, w- I would call the season now and put a line under it and start working on what the best case scenario could be for next season. Because again, there are teams like if you're the Golden State Warriors or the Bulls or the Wizards, there's no point in sort of hanging on to this season. There was nothing more to come out of it. So. You may, if you've got, if you want to start looking at free agents, if you want to start considering other moves within your organization, I think this sort of um, delaying of of ending the season just confuses and clouds things. I think if you can give teams clear direction to say, you know what, under these circumstances, we simply can't push ahead because we don't think there's going to be uh, the right type of basketball played anyway under the under these um, possible two city options, then I think you can at least say. This is that that's the season. 1920 is gone. Now we want to try to at least 
plan for next season because I think um, I think this sort of delaying and hoping that you might be able to get some basketball out, I really don't think it gives enough clarity to teams. Uh, again, if you're the Lakers or the Bucks, understandably they probably want to cap off what's been a good season and try to get and win a championship. But again, I think for the for the health and the best prospects for the league, I think for the for the you know best circumstance for every team involved, it's better to just call it right now. I think because again. We're already two months in. There's no way we're going to get basketball in a month's time. Maybe, maybe in two months. But even that, I would say right now, based on the fact that the you know the the the, the government doesn't have any control over this virus whatsoever, there's still thousands of people dying a day. I would say that it's extremely unlikely we're going to get any basketball. And now it's potentially bleeding over to next season, which uh, which I think again you want to try to complete, uh, you know, right off one season. And then if you can, start fresh next season, whenever that is, if that's Christmas or some other date. But uh, I think this season is a wash. And, and, and if I was the NBA, I would take that stance right now. I, I mean, because Shams are saying as well, you know, it could go into June. Well, you know, it's it's May the 11th now, so we're three weeks away from June, which could be a long time, sort of sounds like a long time, but really it's going to be here in no time. So um, I, I just think this season's a wash and, and we should move on from it. Silver is quoted reportedly quoted on this call as as saying there will be a series of bad options and the translation to me of that is there are going to be a lot of tough decisions that we need to make as a league and not everybody's going to be happy about it and you know that's it you the players association some of you players you know some of you owners I think what Silver was doing here was laying the groundwork of yeah these are not going to be easy decisions and not everybody's going to be happy, guys. For example, teams that were on the postseason bubble, sorry, you're not in the postseason. We're not having any more regular season. I'm sure you're upset about that, Blazers. I'm sure you're upset about that, Team X. Like, But that's just the way it's going to be. Hey, um, some of you players are probably not happy with the bubble idea. Well, if we feel that it's safe enough to do this league and to try and recoup some of this money, sorry, that's the way it is. Hey, some of you might be concerned of like, oh my God, is this season, this season going to go to October and then we're going to start in December? That's not long enough. Well, sorry. Again, like this is just the the cards were dealt and we got to make it happen. I, I think that's, this is what I was reading from all these things that were leaking from this call of Silver trying to just get a little bit ahead of everybody, fans, the players, owners, saying... Guys, get ready. This is going to suck. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. There's just no way other way around it. But if we want, if we want, and I hear what you're saying, Lee, you're just saying like Shaquille O'Neal, just forget this damn season right now and then worry about next year. But even that's still, you know, yeah, a little cloudy. We don't know with the players and, or fans and all that. I think he's just saying get ready for, for uh, not everybody to be happy here. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think, and, and probably rightfully so. And, and that's what I took from this. Well, absolutely, and and for Adam Silver, I mean, there's no precedent for this anywhere to look back on and to see how it was handled in the past. So, you know, it's all uh, new territory for him and the league. And yeah, they they are probably examining all these options, and none of them are really like jumping off the page. You know, okay, we can do that because there's just so much still unknown about this virus. I mean, and, until there's any sort of vaccine, I think it's very very hard to put any group of people together for too long especially when they're going to be in close contact with each other yeah. it just that that certainly is what i'm taking from it and again let's say okay let's say lebron james was to, to come you know to contract the coronavirus but how is that differently affected if player 15 on the bench uh gets coronavirus is there a difference or is it like well it doesn't matter as soon as one player gets it 
then that's it. I mean, I'm sure these are, all these questions are sort of being talked about and asked amongst the well, league executives. Well, he answered but, that. He yeah. answered, like I said earlier, he said one player, if one player or two players are contracted, if they if they test positive, they will be taken out and they're isolated, and there could be a, a two day break. Make sure everybody else tests negative. But as I said, every, you could still have false negatives. There's still people could still be positive that play with him or play on the opposite team. Mm. And so it doesn't, I, I, you know, the LeBron James wasn't brought up, but a player contracting it is the same scenario up and down the roster. I, I'm just, I'm just confused as to a guy contracts it. Doesn't everybody have to stop playing? Um, well, but, but, you know, but again, that's, that's my point. I mean, let, let's say it's a, it's a player who's, you know, not a significant player who wasn't getting any minutes, you know, like someone like, right at the end of the bench does that have the same impact as if let's say LeBron's 3-1 up in a series and they say okay we have to stop this series now for a couple of days to check everybody out I mean LeBron's like hey this guy's not even playing anyway is that is that a consideration or is that a factor because you know I mean if if they were to come back and they were having some success would the league still shut it down for Mm. player anonymous versus superstar player I, I mean I don't know if they have an answer or even have discussed the scenario for that, but it's it's considering how contagious this virus has shown itself to be, that's something that simply has to be addressed as well. Well, I think if to me, if anybody contracts it in this bubble, even if it's a, a player person, somebody on the player personnel side that is dealing with these players, things have to be shut down. But Adam Silver made it a point that there would just be a stoppage in play. So I, mm. to me, that that's confusing. And that's why I think this the, the, the quote about him saying the goal isn't to have you go to a market for two months to sit in a hotel room. I mean, that's kind of what it has to be. Everything has to be set. Everything, there has to be guidelines. And it has yeah. to be really strict guidelines. And, and I think, uh, yeah, he definitely said people are going to be disappointed in all scenarios, no matter what. And then mm. it's, clearly they haven't made a decision that they're going to play or they're not going to play. Yeah. Uh, but I think cutting out half the teams and just saying 16 teams are going to Orlando and Las Vegas and the 14 teams who are outside the playoff picture, it stinks New Orleans, but you're not going to be vying for a playing yeah. playoff spot this year. Uh, you know, it, it brings up other problems like hey, aren't these, are these guys going to get some regular season reps in before they play? That's, that's not really, it's not ideal for basketball. It's not fair for them to just throw them into the playoffs. But I think if you cut out half the people that you're moving across the country, I, I think that's a fair compromise if you do want to play basketball. I think that would be one way to, to make it happen. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'd, you know, in, in, again, in that sense, if, if you were to play any non-playoff games, would they would they count as regular season games or would they just be basically like preseason exhibition games? Because there's, there's simply no point if you're, uh, you know, from the Atlanta Hawks to come back and play two regular season games just to give the other teams some warm up games, in my opinion, you know, their, their season's gone. Yeah. They can't make the playoffs. So, you know, that, yeah, that, that's the weird part. That's the weird part. Yeah. I think you just cut out those teams and the Pelicans are probably included in that. I think the Pelicans yeah. are the one team that are, you know, really knocking on the door. I guess the Blazers are there if I'm looking at the standings. Whoa. NBA.com slash standing still works. Uh, but, <laughs> but Blazers, Pelicans and Kings are right there. But I think you got to draw the line somewhere and say it's over. Yeah. And and why bring in? Zach Levine to hang out in Orlando for absolutely for what reason? Oh, Why exactly. would bring the Bulls? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see the point. And then, so then again, if you were to play these, you know, warm up games, they would have to be just against other playoff teams anyway. 
Yeah, which is strange, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you probably uh, do it against the opposite conference because you're not going to see them. It, 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 it's strange. Uh, the, 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 I guess, I mean, if you want to look at it from basketball side, I think some of the positives, if there are positives, they would be staying in the same city uh, throughout. It sure feels like that's the, the leading idea. There'd be, there'd be two hubs, so there'd be less travel. So we probably wouldn't have three days off in between games. You could probably just go every second day. It would be quicker in that way. So you, yeah. we could wait longer into the calendar year for it to, to start and it wouldn't conflict you know as bad with the uh, next season although it sure feels like next season is going to start uh, in late December and I think you could probably get a lot of creativity with the broadcasts I, I, you know th- at this point ratings have been dropping this season and so um, this is another little it's like the G League it's sort of like a, a test period to uh, to really try things out um, with I don't know randos like us calling games oh, well, or that I've, got kind of an, I've got an idea for that is you mic up the players and have them call the game as well and it's called players only baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i saw that uh the league was going to be looking into other interactive ways to get fans engaged i was just feeling so jealous that tass already has a vr headset because that's going to be the way to watch a game oh, come wow. in the 2021 season yeah tass well let me ask you this i know you're a ufc fan did you watch this past weekend's uh, UFC card with no fans um, in attendance or no? You know, I love I love the competition inside the octagon. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, and I and I'm 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 corn to the core. But uh, I've I'm a little bit I I wasn't into the UFC. I, I wasn't a fan of Dana White just trying to bore through the virus like it's uh, another fighter. Like he literally wouldn't stop. Yeah. He would not call the UFC at any point. So it was it A fighter was tested positive, right? Like a few yeah. days before the card and, and was just removed. Yes, totally. <laughs> and uh you know, he wanted to buy an island and send everybody there and and uh it's it's confusing. I mean, it is it is a bit of a different sport in that it's one on one, and they did take a lot of precautions. Uh, but no, I didn't watch it. And it, it's it's a fair point to bring up because you can try and liken it to the UFC, and that they did, I guess, succeed. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> hard to tell. You can still be, you could somebody could still contract it next week from being in contact with somebody on Saturday. Yeah, I but mean, why do you bring that up, Skeets? Well I, well, I was a curious if you had watched it, uh, knowing that you probably are, are the biggest UFC fan of, of the bunch. I know we all watch it every, you know, t- here and there. But um, yeah, just because I guess the reaction that I saw on Twitter was that it went really well as a as a product for the fans uh, watching, yeah. uh, you know, getting the pay-per-view with no fans in attendance. People thought it would be uh, like wrestling, which is really, really weird without fans. But they play such an instrumental part in the whole like character building of their of their good guys and their bad guys that that makes more sense. Where in UFC, it's like, well, you are there just to watch two guys you know beat the crap out of each other, and for the most part, it people liked it because you could hear the corners talking, I guess, more, and you could hear the fighters like you know the, the, just even the punches <laughs> louder and stuff like that. So people people were happy with the product, and maybe people yeah. are just Jones in that bad that it wouldn't matter what was on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Stephen A. Smith extremely excited yeah. just to see some live product out <laughs> right. there. Uh, uh, it, yeah, if you're there in the arena, I haven't been to a UFC fight as as you know, you skeets, you've been there. Uh, it's fun. It's yeah. super, super fun, and and fans are really important because it's hard to see those two little specks fighting it out <laughs> unless you've got some great seats. Uh, but from a, if you're watching it from home, 
yeah, you're just getting louder slaps and, and louder, <laughs> louder fists to the faces. And, and that's probably fun. And, and that brings us to this audio idea that we've always had. We've always thought, why can't we, why wouldn't we be able to hear more of the players in this mm-hmm. regard? Let's hear the players. But there's always that, you know, that, that, that. Because the NBA doesn't want you to hear the players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, can yeah. the NBA go to the MBPA and say, hey, Tell your guys not to swear as much, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and we'll try and figure it out. Because that's like, yeah, I'm I'm talking about getting creative with the broadcasts, and, and Lee brings up players only, which I guess wasn't didn't really succeed. Uh, but uh, that's what we want. That's what that's what would be the the next step is to hear the players. Oh, for uh, sure, for sure. I mean, that people would eat that up. Uh, but yeah, the players' association is very unlikely going to want that and the and and the league itself because <laughs> we all know what's said out there um but maybe the casual fan doesn't or may or, or it's a little more shocking when you do hear what's what's being said out there uh for the casual fan i don't know I, there's I a reason that took us 22 years yeah. to hear michael jordan call yeah. scott Barella ho time yeah. and time again right <laughs> thank you thank you you got to that uh, a lot more quickly than i than i was so yeah, we're not getting that, unfortunately. As cool as that would be, but I mean, look. I mean, it's just it's just a heavy sensor button. We work in the TV biz. <laughs> you just gotta be ready to slam that button. But there's gonna some there's gonna be a, something that slips through the cracks. We've seen some uh, some hard F's out there, and I'm not talking about f- uh, that have, that have come out of players' mouths. You're, it's, mm-hmm. Trey's right. There's uh, stuff that doesn't want to be heard. Uh, they don't want people to hear. That's for sure. But I don't know. Lee, you could handle a quick uh, a sensor button, right? They, they hired you? <laughs> ah, sure, why not? Right now, I mean, yeah, try everything once, you know. But yeah, it's all part of it. We're all frustrated. We're all letting it fly. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's all life. So let's just move on with it. You know? Are you guys kidding me? We we somehow managed to get the odd f***er bullshit past JD on this podcast. <laughs> so I don't know when you got uh, 10 people at war, really, with all the guys on the bench, too, yelling things mm. out. I think a lot would slip through. I think there would be some backlash. I mean, look, I would love it. We would eat it up, but uh, maybe not for everybody. One you know thing with... You know what's funny is that that, that doesn't happen in UFC. I mean, that's huh. not a worry. There's just not a lot of trash talk, I guess, when it's one-on-one. It's not as easy to trash talk your uh, opponent when you're getting bashed in the face and you have a mouth uh, guard in. That's why uh, Lee Ellis never says anything on the court. He's got his mouth guard in. Maybe that's the rule. We're going to allow mics on the players, but everybody's yeah. got to wear huge mouth guards. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. At least we can get, you know, the, the, the sneakers. We'll pick up the sneakers sneaking out there or squeaking out there. Um, one thing with, with Silver, he did mention on this call reportedly that he prefers to have a full four round seven game per series postseason. So they want the whole thing, which leads me to believe really does. And you guys were touching on it that we're not getting any more regular season. <laughs> like, I mean, if we're going that you want that, you really want the four round best of seven, then I can't imagine we're getting whatever five, six games with, with, with all 30 teams back and playing mm. when we've already heard some of them, you know, Steve Kerr, a couple of these organizations yeah. say like, Ugh, like, what's the point for us? You know, yeah. <laughs> like and that there really that's, isn't. That's, that, that's the sort of point that I'm trying to emphasize here. Like there are teams already that are like, there is no point at all for us yeah, to no, now I go don't. and play a handful of games here. Um, and, and again, the only question is those teams that are a game or whatever out of the playoffs being like, well, Hang on a minute. Maybe you know. Maybe we sh- we could make the playoffs and get that extra TV revenue because that's the only revenue they'll be getting. But yeah. it just seems a little bit clunky to 
sort of leave it open like that. I, I, and, and to say the full four rounds of seven, best of seven, I, I mean, I don't even think they need to address that right now. Uh, because maybe maybe there's a month of basketball there and we're like, you know what, let's just make these first two rounds or maybe the first round is best of three and five and then seven, seven or something like that if they want to, if they're that desperate to get some sort of um, coronation on the season, you know, some sort of champion. Yeah, the problem the with that is they want to try and legitimize a champion, right? I think. Uh, yeah, so yeah, when I you that. start going, oh, best of three, best of five, yeah. best of five, like they're like, but, oh but, God, yeah. then you're really hurting your chances. But, but won't that be... Hurt. Uh, won't that be tough to do anyway if you are you know not playing every team for the same amount of games anyway and and actually having to qualify for the playoffs legitimately itself do you know what I mean like if you're saying okay we want to we want to crown a champion and, and give them you know some legitimacy but you know we didn't let a couple of teams even compete for the playoffs under this current scenario right now to even get in. I mean, there's there's always, there's always going to be questions and that comes back well, to Well, hold on, point. hold on. We didn't play 20 games. We played, uh, you know, 60 plus know, games here. We played enough yeah. games. If you're not in the postseason, you're not in the postseason. Right, but, uh, but again, uh, again, it's like what some teams might say, well, we really think that a couple more games and we get in. And others might say, well, bad luck, you're out. So That goes again. to exactly what I was saying. That's what Silver's saying on this call. Tough shit. Get ready for it, because right. this is going to be what's happening here. And I'm sorry, Blazers. I'm sorry, Pelicans. I'm sorry, Kings. It is what it is. It's yeah. not the perfect uh, scenario, but uh, yeah, sorry, tough, tough luck. Yeah, well, that, that's what that's I'm what saying. Then it's, it's it's not going to carry that same legitimacy. Then, in my view, if you if you sort what? of just make hold on, I mean, what well, the well, Bucks you, win a championship? If, you think it mattered if the Kings or the Pelicans were in the playoffs? No. I'm just saying, like at this point, if you are deciding, well, we changed the rules to say bad luck. Whoever was in the playoffs at this point, that's in. Then we're saying we still want to play best of seven four uh, best of four rounds of best of seven series. Then we want to make that part of it legitimate. It's like well. But there was there was questions about how you even got to that point of who which teams made the playoffs and where they finished in the standings as well. That's, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I, I, but I'm saying it's varying degrees, right? I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm saying mm. this is always going to have an asterisk on it, but yeah. I'm saying it's it's a bigger asterisk if suddenly it's like, oh, a best of three and a best of five. Like it's a shorter, just this weird condensed playoffs. I think mm. the reasoning with the NBA or the league is like, you know, and of course uh, the TV revenue is a big part of it and having more games. I get all that, but... At least it'll feel a little bit like you'll be able to go. Oh, that was weird. It was like a you know it was like a lockout season. Like they only played sixty six games, and then we had the whole playoffs. And well, we don't really hold that against LeBron and the Heat, right? Like that was a championship, and we all sort of agree that was a fair one. He's, I guess, hoping that that would be similar if you played the whole hmm. playoffs. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Once yeah. you start getting a little cute with it, and and you know shortening it. I think you're just ramping up the whole like, well, that was pointless. That doesn't count. You know what I mean? Well, no, I know. And and again, all these scenarios are are flawed. Like there's not one that everyone's going to agree on and say, yep, that's all. That's all great now. But again, you know, if if you're going to go basically with a, a potentially four to five month gap in the season and then try to finish it off, I just think that's... That there's no point to that. I think yeah. you may as well just say, "All right, that season we lost that season, and that's it, and move on." Well, you bring up the 66 game season. It is nearly identical, other than the fact that we called it a 66 game season before the season. Now we're calling it a 60 mm. game, six game season after the season. Those are really the numbers. I mean, that's where they are. Yeah. The the unfortunate part is that there's four teams really in the Western Conference East. You're a sub 500 team that's in ninth. Wizards, you don't want it. You just don't want it. Everybody in the East go home. Yeah, in the Western side, there are four teams in the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs that are kind of knocking on the door. Elon Musk said, "Open up the economy." 
He wants to get us to get to Mars. Send those four teams to Mars. <laughs> have a play-in tournament up there in the red sand and make things happen. See what happens up there. Like, those are the only teams. And if you want, it would be weird to have a play-in tournament, I guess. I mean, that would make it far too gimmicky. I think you kind of just got to cut the line at 16 and, and say Pels, mm-hmm. Blazers, Spursies. Yeah. Time to go home. I think I think that that's the what's, what's going to happen if we get, if we do get basketball back. I think we go right to the playoffs with a three to six week training camp, basically. What color is the uh, the ground on Mars? Red, 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 red planet. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's red. Yeah, is the sand red? Is it, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Orangey brown. Have you seen Have you seen the Martian? Terracotta. Of course. Uh, yes, in the Martian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so they're actually they're filmed. That's actually, well, that's actually filmed out in Jordan, out at Wadi Rum there. So that's a you know orangey brown. It's not. It's not red. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a red it's dirt. Sort of, <laughs> and like a, you said, Lee, it is filmed on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> so we keep fluctuating from podcast to podcast when we sit down to talk about the restarting of the season from being pessimistic to maybe it happening to being optimistic sounds like lee you're very pessimistic or you at least think they should call it okay that's fine taz you sound a little bit more optimistic that there will be a finishing to the 2019-20 season right or the playoffs i guess i'm wagering on it i'm not michael jordan wagering on it but i'd be (laughs) wagering on it okay and and trey i mean where do you officially stand as of may 11th here are you more pessimistic or optimistic that we uh, get some closure to this season Call me realistic. I think we're going to get closure to this season, and I think players are going to be at risk when it happens, but we're going to be seeing NBA basketball this year. Yes, that's where I'm at too, and it's going to go very, very late into the summer, and I think there's going to be a very, very short (laughs) offseason until we fire up the 2021 season in in likely late December. I don't think there will be a whole big gap there. So, uh, JD, start looking at the calendar. Start uh, booking your, um, well, I was going to say trips to somewhere, but you can't go anywhere. So just start booking your time off. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. Probably in November, something like that. Ah, my birthday. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Next headline here. Let's keep it moving. Bleacher Report. This one, Woj. Quote, Kevin Durant's not coming back to the Nets this year if they play. End Quote, Woj says it's not happening. We were talking about, uh, you know, the Nets' chances on a beach stepping episode of like, wow, you imagine Katie and Kyrie came back? Would they beat the Raptors? How far could they go? Woj says, it's a pipe dream. It's not happening. What do you guys think? Honestly, I mean, this is the smart way to play it. Who knows when this season will actually come back, but there's no reason at all to hurry Kevin Durant back just to try and steal a championship, which is unlikely in the first place. It's going to be interesting to see when he actually does come back because is he going to be the first guy to really, really come back from an Achilles injury and get near the level he was before? You know, DeMarcus Cousins was gone for a while. He looked good when he came back, but then he tore a quad muscle. He tore an ACL all in the same leg. Was he ever 100% healthy? Should he have been playing in the NBA at that point? I don't know. Um, You know, guys like Kobe came back. He was at the end of his career, but didn't come back with the same explosion. Same with Rudy Gay. Same with Wes Matthews. These are all recent cases uh, where the guys came back and they had a little bit more of an old man game. Kevin Durant's going to be an excellent player still when he has to play with an old man game, but will it be right away? I don't know, but there's no reason to to really chance it at this point, I don't think. Yeah, it seemed that uh, there was a little misunderstanding, though, I guess, between the general manager, Sean Marks, 
and Kevin Durant because Sean Marks, I think, was alluding to the fact that perhaps he would be able to play. He wouldn't rule it out. Uh, he went on a uh, on an interview with Grant Chapman of News Hub there. Um, but then, you know, Woj is saying there's no way he's coming back. And that was basically the message the Nets had sent out all season anyway. You know, Kevin Durant's not playing, not playing. So um, perhaps Sean Marks and, and the medical team there in Brooklyn had said, look, he's, you know, looking great. He's ready to move. Sean Marks alluded to the fact that, you know, he was looking good in those um, drills that he was doing and the, and the practicing. Um, so perhaps he... You know, he uh, misspoke somewhat because um, I would be very, very surprised if Kevin Durant was going to play in this proposed possible scenario that, uh, that that might happen in a month or two's time anyway. Um, so I'm a little surprised that Sean Marks didn't just sort of completely rule it out at the time. Uh, but now, you know, uh, there's, there's just no point in bringing Durant back for, again, a potentially intense playoff run. You want him to come back, I think, next season uh, when he's had more time to get himself ready and can ease into the season a little bit rather than going into uh, you know a, a high intense environment. You know who's you not intense. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I was, was gonna say. You know who's not intense? You, because you're just chilling with that leaf blower in the back. I, I could hear it. I could hear. I was about to unload. I just wasn't sure whose house it was. At. I suspected oh, so it was Trey's though. No, it's not mine. Little Monday maintenance. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I I would think he's not coming back, but the question is, did he learn anything more about his body when he after coming back and with the Golden State Warriors? Uh, it, it is is there something that he possibly is more educated about that he knows that he wouldn't injure himself like or is it just happenstance or or was that just too quick maybe he knows that he can come back and maybe uh what Ian Eagle said that Nets broadcaster said uh a, a few weeks ago that if they don't start the next season until December 25th he'd be out 20 months and maybe he doesn't want to wait that long I mean it's really up to KD and how he feels about his body because it ain't Sean Mark's decision uh it, it ain't Woj's decision it's 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 just his and so mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to wait 20 months um maybe they feel like they can go steal a ship but i would i would lean towards him not coming back and it's sort of being like the warrior scenario like why why do you want to go out there full bore and just uh you know, not really have enough warm-up games to to feel it out the nba would likely you said it there tass um have the ability really more than anything because there'd be no travel to condense the schedule too, right? Like to get as many games in sort of as quickly as possible. And I don't think you'd want to do that uh, or risk it even more with a guy coming back from injury, you know, with the the possibility Mm. of uh, playing, you know, okay, they're not playing back-to-backs. I get that. They're not doing double headers or anything, but, uh, you know, they are, they in theory would be playing every second day, like you said. I I think that makes the most sense Um, and and would be capable to do so, but a guy coming back from an Achilles injury, no reason to uh, throw him right into the fire there. I don't care how healthy he is. I'm with you guys. I mean, I was worried as a Raptors fan when we were talking about this hypothetical on beach stepping, like, oh, God, Katie's going to come back and get revenge on the Raps if uh, this season picks up. But if Woj says he's not coming back, then I'm feeling pretty confident that he's not. Let's put it that way, too. Uh, Woj just talked to the agent, let's say, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can lock that in. He ain't coming back. So I guess good news for Raptors fan. All right, got- let, me, let me jump in there. When, when you talk about the condensed schedule and you talk about – July and August, when we're we're all yearning for sports, yep. The players' health far more the, the, the that is the most important thing. 
it's far more important than any games. But if we get games and they're playing every second day and they can play throughout the day, as I imagine they would, there would never be overlap. I don't think. I think we're oh, so looking. basically you want like March Madness style it up. Well, I think that's what we would get if, yeah. without even any overlap like you get in March Madness. I think you would just go quadruple header to start every day like we get on the Saturday <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Why the heck wow. not? Yeah. It's laid on thick. There's going to be a, a lot of bum time on the couch. We were getting like 10 hours back to back to back to back. It's true. Yeah, better, uh, we better ramp up our workout schedule right now. If we're going to be watching a lot of basketball, in theory, come July. Oh, yeah. Maybe. We've got a few more headlines to break down. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. Imagine Michael Jordan has been yelling at you for six straight days. Every time he sees you, he heckles you with your full name. Hey, nice glasses, Lee Ellis. I can eat more bananas than you, Lee Ellis. My jeans are baggier than yours, Lee Ellis. Now imagine you step to the free throw line and you know a miss will disappoint the goat. Better make this free throw, Lee Ellis. How do you quiet your mind? How do you beat that Sunday scary? Well, Sunday scaries, of course. Sunday scaries are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that are super consumable and easy to take on the go. The specially formulated CBD products with vitamins can help in all sorts of ways, helping you keep your composure or concentrate on what matters or quieting your mind when the most competitive person on earth is yelling at you. Last year, Sunday Scaries CBD gummies and CBD oil won top accolades from Forbes, Men's Health, Allure, and Best Products. Right now, you can get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com when you enter code NODUNKS where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you. Go to sundayscaries.com and use code NODUNKS. Nearly 22 million kids in the U.S. rely on free or reduced price meals during the school year, and with schools closed during the COVID-19 outbreak, many children may lose their only source of guaranteed food. As the nation's largest hunger relief organization, Feeding America is committed to serving families and children facing hunger in America wherever they are. You can help make sure children get the meals they need by donating now at feedingamerica.org coronavirus. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Okay, a couple more. I don't think these are going to take all that long. Um, Chicago Sun-Times. Headline reads, several key Bulls players making Jim Boylan's future as coach cloudy. <laughs> Trey, what did you think when you read this headline? Ooh, cloudy with a chance of Boylan, huh? <laughs> uh, if Jim Boylan is coaching the Bulls at the beginning of next season, then Karnaschewicz and Mark Eversley should quit because <laughs> then they have zero control. There's no way that they want Jim Boylan as their coach, but the report goes that the Reinsdorf the Reinsdorfs, as well as former vice president of basketball operations, John Paxson, would like Boylan to stay. They want somebody who's going to be in the locker room, who is giving them feedback on what's actually happening in the locker room. There's no way that Boylan is the right guy for a coach. The man is 39 and 84 since taking over for Fred Hoiberg, who was a disappointing coach. There's no, there's no argument for keeping Jim Boylan around besides the fact that he's already there. And it says in that article as well that not only would they like to keep Boylan, they have told him so. I mean, that's just beyond crazy if you ask me. If you are uh, Karnischewicz or Eversley and you're like the ownership and the sort of unemployed sort of advisor, John Paxson, is telling the coach, oh, we want you to come back. I mean, 
isn't that just completely undermining the authority of the general manager and the, and the president? I mean, that's just insane to me. Absolutely insane. So if I'm Karnishavis right now, it's power play time immediately. And I, right. with Eversley, I just fire Jim Boylan and say, no, I'm calling the shots here. This is what you employed me to do. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't have that power and the ability to make these decisions on my own. If you're going to interfere with it, then what the hell is the point of him even being there? It just makes no sense at all to me. So I think, uh, I think you know, the, the strong coronavirus break that the Bulls were having has order, already sort of taken a bit of a hit here <laughs> because it just, it just, it's just insane to me that that stuff, not only have they told Boylan according to this article, but it's leaked out. That is just crazy. So Well, well on the record, they're saying... Well, you know, we'll evaluate it later. Uh, but you're saying behind the scenes that it they've given him a vote of confidence? Well, that's what, according yeah. to this article, this is the line here. Um, you know, things might be staying vague for a reason. The Sun-Times has learned that the Reinsdorf, as well as former vice president of basketball operations, John Paxson, now senior advisor, would like Boylan to stay and have told him so. I mean, that to me is just like, don't worry, you'll be fine. You're not getting fired. You're getting at least one season out of uh, Karnishavis, you know. That, that's what I, I'm reading. And if I'm Karnishvis, I would be fuming that that's already been reported. Um, and, and again, I would, I would automatically right now just basically put down my, like, throw my authority on the ground and say, he's fired, he's out, because I made that decision. That's my job. Yeah, it looks like uh, John and Jerry aren't on the same page as uh, Arturas and Mark. Yeah. The double J's aren't dealing, uh, aren't dealing well <laughs> with AM. Final headline. NBC Sports. Rumor. Jeff Van Gundy could replace Mike D'Antoni as Rockets coach. When I first read this, I, I wonder, like, this is about the top of the Rockets roster, right? It, it sure feels like Mike D'Antoni is on his way out, but James Harden's going to be around. Russell Westbrook's going to be around. Now, the article says, barring a championship coming to Houston, Mike D'Antoni is done, which is a bit strange. He is the coach of the MVP, or former MVP, I guess we, we should say, for a couple of years ago in James Harden. They seem to be getting along. They seem to have adopted a system that is working with the personnel that they have. But can somebody get a little bit more out of him? Maybe more of a hardline guy like Jeff Van Gundy. And, and I just, I kind of sit back and think, is, is James Harden going to respond to a hardline guy like that? But maybe mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy isn't that hard maybe that that crusty old uh, demeanor we get on broadcast isn't jeff van gundy i don't i i I've, and i and that's what i think i think he is sort of in between he has been a coach he has gotten out to coach usa basketball the last few years a little bit on the international scene and uh, maybe he's only crusty just because he's not in the ideal job for him which is head coach of a basketball team and and you know, it really stinks for Mike D'Antonio, but if they want to change a voice in there, maybe Jeff Van Gundy's an all right, an all right choice. Mm. I personally would love Van Gundy to go to the Rockets and Mark Jackson to go to the Knicks because that means we get Mike Breen and Doris on the uh, ABC primetime broadcast. broadcast. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, this would be an odd move to me to see Jeff Van Gundy go back there. I, I think he had some success with the Knicks and the Rockets when he was coach, but. I just, you know, the, from the demeanor that he has on broadcast now, it doesn't seem like he wants to take on a more stressful job. Um, and for a Rockets team that has been close, 
You know, they, they should have knocked off the Warriors a couple of years ago. Um, I, I just don't think he's the right choice for that. I think you need someone a bit younger, a bit fresher, more in touch with the game and the players and how they react. It would be, you know, I mean, it would never happen, of course, but I would love to see how Phil Jackson, if he was still able to coach, to go into that Rockets team and see if he can have some success with Westbrook and Harden because, you know, he had success with Pippen and Jordan. He, he was able to get um, Shaq and Kobe over the line as well. So, you know, he might be the one who can communicate, but uh, I think we've seen from the Last Dance documentary that Phil's not in really any shape to be uh, going back to it as an NBA coach, I wouldn't think. Makes me wonder just how long uh, Daryl Morey would actually be staying in Houston if this is the case. Sam Amick points out that Morey at one point wanted Jeff Van Gundy to, to coach the Rockets before uh, D'Antoni was hired, but it feels very strange that Jeff Van, Cun- Van Gundy would come in as a defensive guy and want to coach a small ball team. Like, can you imagine him coaching a team that doesn't have a center who's seven foot one? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's true, especially after they got rid of the one guy that was the center on the exactly. team on the roster in Capella. Yeah, um, yeah, it, look, I, I think we can all agree, and we've talked about it before, that Mike D'Antoni is not going to be there. Um, so it's going to be a new coach. And whether Maury's still there to pick that coach, that's TBD. But with that, the, with the contract negotiations, the divide between that D'Antoni and, uh, and the Rockets, it does, and, and Amic is quoted as saying, you know, it's, uh, you know, that bridge has basically been burnt for the most part. Um, never say never, he says, but it seems like they're just mutually agreeing to uh, say, all right, well, we're going to go our separate ways. And I still have been throwing out the idea of D'Antoni trying to coach KD and Kyrie uh, in Brooklyn if they uh, ultimately pick a new head coach, which we think they will, unless Jacques Vaughn is the man they roll with. So we'll see. Jeff Van Gundy back in Houston. It'd be weird. I mean, I sort of like it. I I don't know if it's just because we're watching The Last Dance and we're just, like, reliving, like, the 90s and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I love the idea of just running back things. Um, for nostalgia <laughs> reasons. So, yeah, why not just throw Van Gundy back on the Rockets? And, uh, yeah, different team, of course. There's no uh, McGrady or Yao Ming, but okay. We got Westbrook and Harden. Let's see what happens. Westbrook, I guess, hmm, I guess Harden would be the McGrady and Westbrook would be the Yao Ming in that weird comparison. <laughs> Interesting. I so. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Harden has to be I mean, McGrady. Yeah, it's it's hard to see either of them as the Yao Ming, really. But um... <laughs> PJ Tucker is the Yao Ming. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this is uh, all the all this coaching uh, headlines and rumors and news, or if it's not news, I mean, it's it, it's it's all up in the air just because we have no damn season. We don't even know if we're playing this season. And when? Yeah, at this when... point, they're just firing for who's going to be best in a Zoom meeting. Who do you want to see show up with a funny background behind them? Well, I can't imagine. Uh, see, I think D'Antoni would have a funny Zoom behind him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, much more likely than Van Gundy or even like like Boylan doesn't even know how to use Zoom, <laughs> I, would say, I would think. Um, yeah, it never has his camera on. Yeah. I'm trying to think now which coach would be the best on Zoom. Anyone come tweet at us, let us know. Yeah, yeah, tweet at us at no dunk sick. Which coach would be the best oh, at Zoom and who would Nick, be the worst? Nick Nurse would be the best because you'd have the guitar there. And <laughs> He'd just yeah. be stroking away, you know? Not not yeah. realizing his mic's been uh, not muted. <laughs> is is Pop good at Zoom or is he horrible at Zoom? Mm. Does he hate Zoom? Well, he hates it. You know, he hates it. But that yeah. might be uh, that might be why he's good at it. You know, right. yeah, like the three pointer. Never wanted yeah. the Spurs to shoot threes, yeah. but he had to do it. 
All right, well, let's I call didn't it want to look like I'm in the Louvre, but I downloaded the picture for you guys. <laughs> well, let's call it there. Let us know which coach would be the best and worst at Zoom at No Dunk Sync. We got a brand new squad episode coming for you on Tuesday. We are going to build the ultimate 1990s time capsule. All right. Because of the last dance, we're living in the 90s right now. We've revisited that era. So we thought it would be fun. There's a great suggestion from a fan out there to build the ultimate 90s time capsule. I'm talking about movies and singles and fads and stuff like that. This is going to be one where everybody's going to have a strong opinion about So I can't wait to draft <laughs> our 90s squad episode. That's tomorrow on Tuesday. In the meantime, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember... Don't get caught stroking it on Zoom. <laughs> Brace the day, people. <laughs>